Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio, episode 417, coming to you on Thursday. December 22nd, it is Festivus Eve here on the podcast, and we are going to talk about early signing day and so much more, including the Trojans getting a big pickup in the transfer portal. As always, you can follow us on social media. We're at Rand of Troy on Twitter and Facebook. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Our email address is Troy at fanside.com. I'm your host, Mike Garcia, journal with my co-host, in the Reign of Troy studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, welcome. Um, it is our last episode, not only before, of course, um, Christmas coming up on Sunday, um, but our last episode before our Cotton Bowl preview. Next week's going to be all about the Cotton Bowl, both on Monday and Thursday. Monday, the uh, official Reign of Troy radio Cotton Bowl preview, if you want to call it that. Um, we're going to give you our game predictions, walk through the matchup, uh, put out some over-under, uh, and so much more. All of that sort of thing. Uh, look forward on Monday. Uh, and then Thursday, um, we're, we're just going to sort of hang out and talk a little bit more about the Cotton Bowl. Uh, we want the official preview to sort of go out a little bit earlier so you can it can simmer Um there between the holidays as you have time to uh, spend with your family between uh, the holidays. Not everybody is listening to podcasts super quickly. So uh, we'll have like a week to listen to the preview, which will be fun. Yeah. A week to listen to the preview and then we'll have our little sort of more mailbaggy, just sort of updates kind of thing uh, before. And we'll have a lot of fun leading into what, what should be a, a, an intriguing bowl game. I think yeah. that people are ready to write this bowl, got bowl off, but, for the same reasons that people are ready to write the bowl off, that's why I'm most interested in and intrigued by what happens with the bowl. So that and transfer portal news and all sorts of other stuff sure to be going down. Yeah, absolutely. Always uh, a million things uh, in the works for the Trojans. Uh, a lot of stuff going on this week. So let's just get right into the news, right? Um, we got to start with uh, some Cotton Bowl slash NFL news. Um, Jordan Addison is going to be out for the Cotton Bowl, uh, rehabbing an ankle injury. Yeah, so apparently he had a setback on the same injury that had him out uh, or, or that he had been dealing with during the season. 
Um, and so he is going to sit out in rehab. Still no official word on whether or not he's going to declare for the NFL draft. The expectation remains that he will declare for the NFL draft. We'll just yeah. sort of see when that announcement comes. But it's unfortunate for him. But also, if you're carrying an injury and you're a guy in his position, then, uh, then yeah, you, you, you do have to put the priority on rehabbing, making sure that your body is right. So. Yeah, uh, we sort of expected that he wouldn't be playing because of a NFL opt-out. Um, I don't know that an injury opt-out was what we expected here, yeah. but uh, nonetheless, um, you hope the recovery goes well. Uh, and for SC, it's more opportunities for other guys. Uh, Mario Williams is coming back next year. It's a more opportunity for him to sort of solidify himself as a uh, number one uh, receiving option for Caleb Williams and the Trojans going into 2023. Mm-hmm. You also have Kyle Ford and and Michael Jackson the third, Kyron Hudson, all those guys. Taj Washington. Yeah, the the more reps, the the, the, the merrier, right? Like yeah. they want they want to do the same thing to uh, uh, to end their season on a high note and lead into 2023. Um, another guy who wants to do that is Tyrone Teleni, who is. Coming back, he said that uh, he will be back for 2023. Uh, USC's uh, defensive lineman who played his uh, first year with the Trojans this past year, uh, a um, new new to football guy, and uh, I, I thought he had a, a good first season. Yeah, yeah, I thought he really grew into the season too for USC. Um, I think that when it comes down to it, USC's defensive line is going to need everyone they can get going into next season, and yeah. so. Having somebody who uh, was reasonably productive this past season, um, again, it's it's sort of like Shane Lee. He had seven point five tackles per per loss, <laughs> tackles for loss, second on the team with Solomon Bird. Um, getting those guys back, number one, experienced leaders, veterans in the locker room. Um, do you sort of hope that somebody comes through and unseats them for the job? Yes, but even if that happens, you still have really good depth. You still have really productive players who are ready to come back and compete. So, yeah, I think it's a it's a, a big thing for USC that Tyron Tellini is coming back, if nothing else, than for depth. And certainly, given you're returning seven and a half tackles for loss, you're going to feel pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then the other news about uh, injuries, going back to the Cotton Bowl also, is uh, Andrew Voorhees officially out for the Cotton Bowl. Uh, which means his USC career is done. Um, although, who knows? Maybe the way uh, college football is now, maybe there is a year of eligibility we just don't even know about. <laughs> you never you know. know. He, he was recruited by uh, by Paul Hackett, but you know um, he's been around long enough. He might still have more eligibility. We'll hey, see. But hey, there's the guy at Oregon uh, that is is technically getting his ninth year of eligibility. So yeah. He could have a doctorate at this point and more power to him for it, by the way. Uh, but no, it sounds like Andrew Voorhees, we sort of already suspected, but, you know, and Brett Nealon also was confirmed that he's not going to play, which we knew. Yeah. Um, same, so It was some similar but lesser situation with Andrew Voorhees because the nature of his injury has not been quite as clear. Um, so I think it's just a, a situation where he's going to get his body right. He's going to focus on the NFL and I've got no complaints. Yeah, I think it's a big, big challenge for USC's offensive line without him, without Brett Nealon. Yeah. Um, so that is one of the really intriguing things that we're going to have to talk about in the Cotton Bowl preview. Yeah, on Monday, yes. uh, which is why if you're watching this on YouTube, you should subscribe right now. Uh, so that way you can be back on Monday to hear us talk about what these injuries mean for the Trojans going into the Cotton Bowl Classic, uh, which will be the following Monday. So uh, like and subscribe as always. Uh, and if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, subscribe there and Spotify and so on. Uh, yeah, let's get to the big transfer portal news. This happened on Monday night. Ooh. I swear, like two minutes literally after we stopped being live uh, on the uh, the last episode. Uh, SC got a commitment from Oklahoma State linebacker. Mason Cobb in the transfer portal, number 33 in the transfer portal rankings. He was second team all Big 12 this past season, tied for fifth in the Big 12 in tackles with 96. This is a big, big, big get. Uh, You would imagine that he plugs right in immediately to be a starter 
exactly where, um, inside, outside, whatever. Worry about that later. This is a big-time linebacker that SC got here, and SC's need is in the front seven right now. So the more the merrier. Yeah, this is the biggest transfer get for USC this this cycle so far. I I imagine it will be the biggest, uh, short of some miraculous, strange thing happening uh, in in the spring, but you never know. Um, This is huge, absolutely huge. 96 tackles last year. Um, the shotgun Spratling was tweeting out some really interesting stats uh, that uh, that I think are the kind to sort of get you as a USC fan, like rubbing your your hands together. Um, so he said that Mason Cobb had 51 defensive stops, according to Pro Football Focus. That's a tackle that constitutes a failure for the offense. Linebacker Shane Lee had 29 for USC. He led USC in that category this season. So Mason Cobb is a guy who is in the right place, making stops at the line of scrimmage, around the line of scrimmage. Um, that is exactly what USC needed to add to their linebacker core. A veteran, uh, somebody who's going to come in, plug and play right away, and upgrade USC's uh, the weakest position. Let's let's call a spade a spade a spade. USC's linebacker core was the weakest position on the team. Mm-hmm. You have now plugged in. So if you're if you're trading Mason Cobb for Raylan Goforth, for instance, in, in sort of a transfer scenario then USC got the the better side of that trade and now you go into next season like we talked about when we talked about Shane Lee coming back for his for another season with USC now you're dealing with a situation where the best of Mason Cobb Eric Gentry Shane Lee and hopefully you know some other guys who are coming in whether the guys that are developing like Rajon Davis and Carson Tabarachi or freshmen like uh like Tackett Curtis comes in and, and supplements that group. You mm-hmm. have to feel considerably better about the linebacker crew with this. Um, aside from the one, it's a bitsy little um, flaw in uh, in Mason Cobb's game, which well, <laughs> you can tell the folks. Yeah, so Shotgun apparently had a, a couple of interesting tweets, um, some statistics about Cobb. Um, uh, this is from Twitter. Oklahoma State linebacker Mason Cobb had 51 defensive stops, quote, defensive stops, according to Pro Football Focus, which is a tackle that constitutes a failure uh, for the offense. So, um, yeah, put that together with the missed tackle percentage of 21.1%. USC's inside linebacker missed percentage this year was at 16.7% for Shane Lee. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, twenty-seven missed tackles. Yeah. For Oklahoma State. Now, 27. somebody who has ninety-six tackles and missed twenty-seven tackles, um, that's that's a dude who's in the right place a lot of the time. If I'm going to put a silver lining on it, uh, but uh, but the the missed tackle percentage of of twenty-one percent is is real bad, and that's something they're going to have to work on with him so that people aren't pulling their hair out. Uh, you, you know what it reminds me of, the, those numbers? Reminds me of Christian Rector. Yes. Someone who would have big-time tackle for loss numbers in certain games, but then, you know, would have his troubles with, with tackles. And um, I'm interested to see exactly what it's like with, with Mason Cobb. I haven't watched Mason Cobb tape or anything like that. So, um, I, And I'm always sort of skeptical about the pro football focus stuff. When you look at the defensive stops being so high compared to what SC had, um, not that I doubt Mason Cobb's ability, but I do think that when there's you know humans making these statistics, it could be a stop for one person and another stop, not a stop for another person if they're different people. You look at like how scoring goes, uh, you know, in um, like hockey and baseball, like what counts as an error to one person isn't another, etc. So I'm always sort of skeptical on some of those numbers, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what he can do and if he can, you know, solidify the, uh, missed tackle thing, um, then he's going to be absolutely a stalwart for USC on defense. You're talking about him being the biggest transfer. Uh, I still think Dorian Singer's probably that guy in terms of individual talent, mm-hmm. uh, considering that Dorian Singer to me is a guy who's on pace to be an all American, uh, first round pick. Um, I don't know about Mason Cobb in terms of those categories 
But when you talk about the sheer importance, it's absolutely Mason Cobb. SC did not need Dorian Singer. Dorian Singer is a luxury item, a luxury item that you absolutely want to pair with your Heisman Trophy quarterback. But when you look at USC, why did they not win the the Pac-12 this year? Well, in in part because Caleb Williams got hurt and yeah. uh, Andrew Voorhees got hurt and they couldn't run the ball against Utah, all those things, yes. But it was the defense. The, the defense let them down twice against the Utes uh, and multiple times beyond that, even in wins. And SC needs to improve there, particularly at linebacker. So um, Mason Cobb is a huge, huge get. Um, and sort of satisf- satisfies the itch from last year, right? Like how many times did we see you know, people in our in our comments and in our emails talk about how SC had not gotten the impact guys on defense in the transfer portal like they did on offense last year when they when they went out and got Travis Dye, Caleb Williams, and Jordan Addison, the big three in the transfer portal on offense. And on defense, you were looking at guys like Solomon Bird, right? Like from Wyoming, who was good but not didn't have the fanfare, right? Yeah. Mason Cobb is a guy who sort of has that fanfare. Um, and absolutely slots in immediately. We'll see how that um, comes to be uh, with with the Trojans going forward. So huge get for SC there. Uh, other news on the transfer portal. Um, be interesting to see what happens with Western Michigan defensive lineman uh, Brandon Fiske. He's down to SC, Florida State, and Notre Dame. So keep an eye on on him. That's another guy that you look at as – Everybody you add on the defensive line, particularly productive guys that have already proven themselves at the at the college level, mm-hmm. could be the difference. Especially when you're probably losing Tuli Tupelotu, you need to add as many defensive linemen as possible and hope that you strike gold at least once. Um, yeah. So that's sort of the way I see it. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, I think that that uh, recruiting battle is still developing, so we'll see where it goes, but. Any any defensive lineman or offensive lineman who wants to come to USC, <laughs> just load them up as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, one guy who's currently leaving, uh, set to depart, is USC defensive lineman Colin Mobley. He's entered the transfer portal, a 2021 class guy that SC brought in as a three-star defensive lineman out of uh, Maryland a couple years back. Uh, saw action in two games as a true freshman, literally like, Week one against San Jose State, uh, he saw action, and then Arizona in the middle of the year, and didn't play after that. Um, didn't didn't see the field this past season, uh, and he is now into the portal. So another another depth guy that SC uh, no longer has. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I want all the defensive linemen and offensive linemen USC can add. Um, losing one uh, doesn't feel great for depth. If you're going to lose somebody, though, it's it's one of the guys that I think USC brought in with hopes of of striking a diamond in the rough. And over the two years, it, it didn't look like he developed, came along, and uh, he's going to go seek his uh, seek his stardom somewhere else. So wish him well. But you know, you you continue to add guys in the uh, in the transfer portal, you continue to add guys the way that USC did in the recruiting class that we're going to talk about in a, in a second. Mm-hmm. You make up for losing someone like Colin Mobley, Mobley in theory. The transfer portal, a lot of the digestive system stuff goes in, things have to go out. Like that's yeah. balance. Um, or, uh, yeah, that's yeah. a terrible analogy. But what, the, the hand movement you're doing is like wax on, wax off. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, other, other quick uh, award news again. Uh, Tuli Tuipilotu and Andrew Voorhees uh, are the Morris Trophy winners. And if you don't know the Morris Trophy, it is the uh, the guy in the West who is the best lineman on each side of the ball. So uh, SC owns it this year, both sides of the ball, uh, the, uh, the best players in the West, a.k.a. the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this one is voted on by the players themselves, by mm-hmm. the by the Pac-12 um, offensive and defensive linemen. Yep. And so we consider it to be a very great honor because dudes know who they played. They know how good they are. Uh, so, yeah, good on both of those guys. And it's a really strong way to end their careers, you know, going on the All-American wall, adding more trophy honors, all of that kind of stuff. It's, it's cool to see those two guys. 
who were both three-star recruits, by the way, mm-hmm. um, come through. And, and, and they are an example that you look to when you look at the guys that we're about to talk about where USC loaded up on a lot of three-star offensive linemen and defensive linemen. Those are the examples of how you develop and how you finish right. out your career with sort of being the cream of the crop. Yeah, there's a lot of um, complaining about three-star recruits around USC. And um, part of it is because SC doesn't develop those guys. Uh, And part of it is people um, not wanting to be happy to settle for three-star recruits. But the point is that when you have those, you want to be able to cultivate um, those guys into being, uh, you know, star players in of themselves. And um uh, some schools do better than that than SC, but when it happens at SC, you absolutely want to cherish that. And uh, Thule and uh, and Voorhees are two of those guys. Um, absolutely. Uh, Voorhees, his career uh, currently over, like we talked about, and Thule, we'll see. Um, still waiting the news on whether or not he's going to come back for 2023. Can, can, I, can I tell you something? What? I've got that same stupid hope that I get every year. It's the same hope that I had about like Juju and Adori. <laughs> but Tuli, like, what if he did come back? I, it's stupid. I don't I know why I do this to myself. I, I could see it with Tuli considerably more than, than Juju and Adori. Yeah. I, I just like, I know better. Like, I think we all should know better at this point. And yet here I am. Like, of uh, you it know, I, happen. I, I think it's, you know, way more likely to see Thule back than Jordan Addison. Yes. Yeah, that's fair. Like, yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that comes to be another phrase I overuse. Hmm. Anyways, let's get to the main segment here. Signing day. Signing day, early signing day, of course, was Wednesday uh, yesterday, and we are going to not do our complaining about signing day like we did on Monday. Uh, but let's just get into it. SC uh, signed 19 players, a uh, good bulk of them early in release that are going to be uh, involved for spring camp, which is going to be great news for the Trojans. Of course, the the class highlighted by quarterback Malachi Nelson, uh, Zach Branch, Makai Lemon, uh, the triumvirate of five-star athletes uh, on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Nelson, the quarterback, and Branch and Lemon, the two receivers, who are absolutely expected to eat in the Lincoln Riley offense. Um, on defense, you look at Braylon Shelby, the 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 top get uh, edge rusher, four star out of Texas, uh, and Tackett Curtis out of Louisiana. Many Louisiana, or is it Monty? Many? I think it's many Louisiana. Well, it's, I've always said it many, but now that you say Monty. You never know. I, it's Louisiana, though. Louisiana so think about the Cajun accent. Absolutely. Who knows? Everything is, you know, up for grabs. Yeah. Could be Manny. Uh, could be Manny. Who knows? It's it's not Sergio Mane, though. No. Certainly. Sergio. What are, what, Sadio Mane. Sadio. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. I just, yeah. Anyways. A uh, bunch of guys SC was able to sign 19 all told. Uh, Lincoln Riley had a lot to say about those guys, about uh, Malachi Nelson saying his ability to to throw the ball and process at a young age. He's gonna he's certainly well ahead of his years, um, and is very very impressive. Uh, about Branch, he said his explosiveness is very very rare, very very by the way, a big uh, Lincoln Rileyism. Yes, loves very very. Um, you can go a lot of years and not come across a guy that has that kind of elite explosiveness combined with just really, really good football skills. A lot of times you have to pick one or the other, says Riley. Uh, about Tackett Curtis, the, the guy most people are looking forward to on defense, uh, quote, there wasn't a linebacker in the country who wanted more than Tackett Curtis. I think he's the best inside linebacker in the country. There's not one I would take over him. Uh, those are the big highlights. Um, this is a class that is – Loaded with a lot of depth linemen, a lot of three-star guys like uh, uh, Amon um, Talalele, of course, Micah Benuelos, Alani Noah, uh, Tobias Raymond on the offensive line, defensive linemen, you've got Dejon Lafitte, Elijah Hughes. Um, and all told, right now, the class ranks 15th in the 24-7 sports composite, 10th in the 24-7 sports themselves standings. Uh, the Trojans are 11th when you include 
recruiting rankings and transfer portal rankings sort of combined as a uh, set of uh, incoming players. Yeah, this is an interesting class. Signing day was really interesting in terms of perception, right? Yeah. Because um, you look around college football and you see winners and losers. And in the loser category, and pretty much everyone's I saw was USC was the big loser. Yeah. And well, I th- the, not, not to cut you off here, but I, I didn't mention that the big loss is, is five-star defensive lineman uh, Mateo. Mateo um, yes. I can uh, say the last name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, from St. John Bosco. Of course, he picked Oregon over SC and Ohio State. And yeah, that's going to be the headline loss for SC. But outside of that, everyone signed that SC had committed with the exception of Jacoby Lane, uh, who just hasn't turned in his LOI yet and still being pursued by SU in Texas. Yeah. So the the loss of, of Uyangalele, the five-star defensive end, Certainly would have been a huge pickup for USC. Certainly, I mean, just spent the whole time talking about how like defensive line, offensive line, big Mm -hmm. guys, bring them in. Yes. Would have loved to get um, Mateo Ungalele and letting a a dude from St. John Bosco leave Los Angeles. That's not a good thing for USC. Certainly a loss for USC. I will not abide people saying like that, A, he was overrated or anything like that. Like, don't be bitter. Um, I won't abide people saying that like, oh, Oregon's NIL arm is is not fair or something like that because NIL, I mean, I, I want to talk more about that later when it comes to what Lincoln Riley had to say about it. But like NIL happens sometimes. NIL can be a factor, but there are five other factors that come into and someone feels more at home at Oregon. Like that's perfectly fine. Like that's fine. That's that's for him. But I would also push back at this idea that USC was a loser on early signing day. And a lot of this has to do with sort of the timeliness of decisions and recency bias. Because Oregon was considered a big winner on signing day because they got Mateo Uyangalele and because they flipped a quarterback. But, like, no one's talking about how on Tuesday, the day before signing day, they lost their five-star quarterback, the number uh, one of the top five players well, in the country. they lost Peyton Bowen today, too. And they lost Peyton Bowen today. Uh, to or to sorry Oklahoma, Oklahoma yeah. um, and they they biggest uh, win in the calendar year for Oklahoma, for Oklahoma yeah, yeah straight up, <laughs> um, but like the timing of this all matters right so if USC had had Malachi Nelson Zachariah Branch and Makai Lemon not locked in if they had just been floating out there considering other teams and then on Wednesday they all said yeah I'm going to USC and signing all anyone would be talking about is there goes Lincoln Riley going crazy with his school, you know, USC is the big, the big winner of, 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 of stuff. So like take perception for what it is when it comes down to it. Did USC achieve what they wanted to achieve with this class? I think for the most part they did. They got the skill position players that will form the next generation. Lincoln Riley's next generation at at USC when Caleb Williams leaves, when, you know, the current, current wide receiver class leaves and, and two of those guys, I mean, branch and lemon could be huge parts of the 2023 season for USC. Um, wouldn't be surprised if one or both of them became key, key players immediately. Um, those guys, you lock them in. And then the rest of the class is positions of need for the most part. So you get two running backs, Quentin Joyner and Marion Peterson, who are really stellar uh, running backs who will have to come in and, and be given an opportunity to... Um, to contribute right away because, you know, Austin Jones could come back, we think, but he hasn't made his decision. And usually with it come when it comes to running backs, the older they are, the more I say, just go to the NFL. Your body's going to get ravaged anyways. Just like go see what you can do in the pros. So USC has to come in expecting that they're not going to have their, their, their lead running backs from last year. Um, so there will be opportunities for those guys. USC needed to add bodies at running back and they got quality bodies at that. They needed help at linebacker, and they got, like Lincoln Riley said, the number one linebacker to that staff, Tackett Curtis. Just watch his his highlight reels from this this past season. He looks like a baller. Like, and maybe he. I mean, I think in a best case scenario, he helps USC in twenty twenty three. But now that you have Mason Cobb, you got Shane Lee coming back, you got Eric Gentry developing. Like, you don't need him to come in and be stellar. But like, that's a potential future All American for USC a linebacker. Yeah. And then you look at the rest and you're looking at offensive linemen and defensive linemen. So you get the four-star offensive tackle, Elijah Page. 
you get uh uh to oh I'm 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 psyching myself out about the uh Talalele. Uh Talalele. Talalele. Yeah. It's yeah. not that hard. Just don't psych yourself out. Um uh, Talalele, <laughs> you get uh Michael Manuelos and Alani Noah and Tobias Raymond. So you're bringing in bodies on that offensive line. If you're Josh Henson, you're looking at them and saying, like, I need to develop those bodies the same way that you saw Andrew Voorhees and those guys develop. So you're working with with sort of decent numbers there on your offensive line because you had to bring in bodies on your offensive line. USC just does not have the depth there. Mm-hmm. They needed to get five dudes, and they did it. And then you have guys on the defensive line that they've added. Uh, David Peavy's an edge. Um, Dejan uh, Lafatite. La- are we saying Lafatite? Yeah, I think Yeah, Lafatite. Um, and Lafitte, Lafitte, Lafitte. I'm adding weird letters. I'm sorry. Uh, names, uh, I can't. Um, yeah, then we, then we get the media guide and, and then and we learn it's Lafitte. Yeah, exactly. Like that's welcome to life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Elijah Hughes. So like, if you're looking at the, 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 the bulk of the, the class, like are people disappointed or is USC getting dunked on for having the number 15 class in the recruiting rankings? Yeah, and and they're within their rights to do so. But if I'm a USC fan looking at this class and seeing what did USC achieve, they hit pretty much everything that they needed to. The big miss is is uh, is Mateo Uyangalele, and yeah. you're gonna miss sometimes. Like the whole point of building a program is so that you don't miss on those guys. But you also have to realize Sean Nua arrived less than a year ago at USC, so like. He doesn't have two, three years of established relationships with recruits in the in the LA footprint. He doesn't have um, that kind of you know USC staff in general is going to miss out on some of these because they weren't talking to these dudes when they were sophomores. At least not all of them. Yeah. So you take what you have, you build through the transfer portal the way that USC is doing, and I think you got to feel really good about this class. I, I, anyone who's saying that this uh, this is a class that you shouldn't feel good about, I, I just think they're being short sighted. Well, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, give this coaching staff a, a complete pass on this class. Like last year's class is the one that, you know, whatever you get is a bonus given that you have no time at all to recruit them. Um, this one, they at least had a, a year. But like you said, yeah, I think there there is, you know, you, you talking out that, you know, this coaching staff wasn't embedded uh, with them when they were juniors and sophomores and all that stuff. But that's why you have recruiting guys who were carryovers, uh, like Gavin Morris, who's still been around, right? Like you, you have guys in the office that, that have still been around that whole time. And ideally you want to lean on them uh, in times of need like that. Uh, the other thing you're talking about the offensive line and the hope is that SC gets to the point where they become the destination to go out and get these guys out of state and they're able to get the linemen uh, from the South and, and all of that. It hurts when you miss a lineman at home because there just aren't that many of them. So you miss Mateo at home, the five-star guy just down the street in Bell, Bellflower. And it, it sucks, right? It's a, it's a big loss for SC in that sense, because, you know, there's not that many of those big talented guys, you know, West of the Rockies. Uh, I was just looking up the offensive tackle um, spots. Uh, SC, of course, gets uh, you know Elijah Page out of Arizona. He there was only two other guys west of the Rockies, west of Texas, uh, that were offensive tackles in the rankings. Two two guys above him uh, ranked. One of them, both of them, going to Utah, including one who was from Provo. Yeah. So, <laughs> so- like you know, it, it's. It's it's difficult, right? And the the hope is that SC needs to get better there. And SC absolutely, when you become a, you know, acting like the blue blue blood again, uh, you expect to be able to have the the clout to be able to pick out those guys, pick out a guy from Georgia, uh, go out and you know get the dudes that that Pete Carroll did. But I also urge people to go back, and I think we did the numbers last off season. Go back and look at the offensive linemen uh, that that Pete Carroll was recruiting. Everyone sort of has this idea that he was getting all these five star linemen from all over the country. He he, he wasn't like uh, his average star rating for what he was doing uh, as as far as offensive linemen are concerned 
wasn't too dissimilar to what uh, Clay Helton did overall. Certainly at the end of the Clay Helton era, there was a step back. Yeah. But but overall, um, you know, SC has been recruiting offensive linemen from, say, 2002 to 2017 about at the same rate. And SC's got to get back to that rate because it certainly it dropped off in the last couple of years. But uh, you hope that the transfer portal helps out with that and you still have to go get those guys and you can't miss on the transfer portal guys. And, and that's going to be uh, a big problem. It also, the, the alarming thing for SC is that, you know, they were able to put together a really good offensive line with guys who were super experienced and had been around forever, like your Voorhees and your Nilan and, uh, even Justin Dietrich has seemingly been around forever. He was a fifth-year mm-hmm. senior this year, uh, I guess a fifth-year junior because of the COVID year, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, there's this is this is a work in progress. I thought Lincoln Riley's quotes about like, hopefully this is the worst it ever is, kind of thing. Well, um, I thought it was- I, I, I think I don't know that those quotes read well because like I I get what he's saying. Yeah. I, I totally get what he's saying, and I I subscribe to that notion. Um, but it always sounds a little awkward, right? Well, I mean, I think what he's saying is spot on, though. It's like in 10 years, you want to look back at this at this year's team and, yeah. and this group and say this was the least talented that we were. And, you know, I think that uh, you probably can't say that at quarterback. <laughs> you might not be able to say that at uh, at wide receiver offensive line, but certainly at uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you, you need more overall talent uh around your 11 not just 11 you need more in like your top 15 that usc just doesn't have and so the recruiting and the transfer portal and all that kind of stuff is going to have to fix that but it's it sort of comes back to like rome wasn't built in a day You, you have to be able to establish yourself um as a as a developer of offensive linemen in order to get those those uh the, those sort of bigger southern offensive linemen to come out to to Los Angeles and feel like their their future is going to be in um in good hands. So you got to build your reputation, you got to you got to go for it, but this is all part of the process. And I think that if you're if you're a USC fan, you you have to be looking at this with a sense of patience. I know that like yeah. 11 and 2 sort of killed any sense of patience we have for like 2023. But it is still this is the very, very, very beginning. And that's something that um, is is good to sort of have in mind. Aside from just the whole this is also the beginning, not just for USC, but like for everybody. Everyone's figuring out the NIL stuff. And I have a lot of stuff I want to say on the NIL stuff. So I don't know if you've got to sort of NIL thoughts, Michael. Well, right. r- really quick, before you get to the uh, name, image and likeness stuff, um, I just wanted to say that, like, you know, talking about the patient stuff, you look at SC, I think the other thing on the offensive line portion, uh, even though I know that I feel like most of SC's frustration is, uh, SC fans' frustration is on the defensive line, considering that that was the line that underperformed this year versus the offensive line performed admirably, especially in run blocking and, and whatnot. But um, you, you look at SC's offensive line that they put out this year, like, and you go look at the rankings of those guys. And again, it's like, it's not like they were five-star dudes on on that offensive line. And I think it's helpful that you obviously want those five-star guys. um, But I think it's helpful that this is a scheme that SC runs under Lincoln Riley, that is going to put those linemen in a position to succeed. um, And the blocking schemes are going to put them in a position to succeed and, and use their leverage correctly. And I think that that's helpful uh, of course, the key is that when you're a, a blue blood like USC, you want to pair the elite level schematics of someone like Lincoln Riley with the elite level talent that a USC can go out and, and get. Um, and SC's got to work through there, and uh, they will. But talk to us about NIL. Yeah, okay. So um, NIL. There's a lot of talk about like USC losing um, USC losing um, Mateo and and sort of other guys, and it's all because of NIL. And then there's 
coaches out here like Dabo and Jimbo and everybody complaining um, uh, about sort of the NIL stuff that's going on. Um, to me, I'm really, really glad that Lincoln Riley takes the approach Wait, that he does. Hold on. I don't think Dabo is negative about NIL because he's been he's been building they've already Clemson been... <laughs> in NIL. Uh, of course, God's name, image, and likeness yes. for a long time. Yeah, yeah. D- so. Dabo, Dabo's gonna Dabo. Let him Dabo. Let everyone else sort of complain uh, about nil and stuff. I would. By the take, way, can you imagine if Clay Hilton said that quote? Oh my gosh! Oh my, oh my god! There would have been. We would have never heard the end of it. We would have never heard the end of it. Um, no, the idea of um, th- that Lincoln Riley sort of to me gets it. NIL is part of the new college football landscape and there's no use in complaining about it because you're all just going to have to function within it. So um, to me, I like his measured approach, which is basically to say that, yeah, everyone's going to use NIL and they're going to use it differently. And some schools are going to prioritize one player and they're going to end up getting the edge for that player but other schools are going to prioritize something else and families are going to prioritize location versus NIL versus coaching staff versus, versus whatever it is. And the key for each team is to maximize their locker room because it's not just about the numbers. It's about, do you have a team that comes together? Because that's, that's the thing is teams that win national championships, teams that win championships aren't super teams in general. Generally, it's teams that have are together in the right place at the right time with the right personnel with all of that kind of stuff. This applies to the NFL. It applies to college football. It applies to other non-football sports. Half of it is about sort of your timing, your chemistry, your all of that kind of stuff. So what I like about Lincoln, and I would, I would encourage people to go watch his signing day press conference, particularly everything that came after the 18-minute mark, because everything before that is mostly just talking about the recruits, which is interesting, but for the NIL stuff, I think that Lincoln really hit the hit the nail on the head where, and I've got a, a, a quote or two here that's, I think what we're seeing a lot across the country is a lot of people maybe not quite paying attention to the locker room and getting fixated on one recruit here or one recruit there. And there's an obvious big, big risk with that because at the end of the day, this game is still a team game and the best teams win this game. So we're going to continue to put the teams first, focus on it, and continue to try to put our guys in a position where they can do uh, all do very, very well on the field and off the field with NIL and those things. And I think when you're in USC's position, that's absolutely the way to take it, is USC will have NIL opportunities for guys. It's built in. USC already had Los Angeles and the industry and the alumni network and all of those things, academics, that were building towards, that were good recruiting pitches to, to players. The NIL comes with also being at at USC and making um, endorsement opportunities available to people and all of that. Like players who come to USC will get their NIL opportunities. But when it comes down to it, if you're coming to USC, Lincoln Riley wants you to be bought into USC. If NIL is enough to sway you away to Oregon or Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State or Notre Dame or whatever it is, then you didn't buy into USC, which means that you wouldn't have been an asset to USC in terms of the chemistry of that team. That's not to be sour grapes and say like, oh, you know, he's afraid to compete or whatever, like the the typical lines from before. But when you're building a team, you want guys to buy in. Caleb Williams said said as much a week ago when he was speaking to the media. He was talking about like for transfers that are coming in, like if you're coming in, in here for NIL or for any of that deal, like like don't bother coming. If you're coming in here, you need to be um, you, you need to be here to help USC win a championship. You need to be here to be here for your team and your, your and your brothers on the team and your locker room and, and all of that kind of stuff. So um, USC is in a position where you put your offer on the table, your offer including academics, the ability to play for Lincoln Riley, the ability to live in Los Angeles, the ability to gain NIL deals through the Collective Plus and all of that kind of stuff. But when it comes down to it, you have to want to be here. You have to want to buy in, and if you, and and that's why to me I, I like I look at at all of the the wishy washing and complaining about nil and all that kind of stuff, and it's like 
well, okay, okay, fine. But like, did you want to be a Trojan or did you not want to be a Trojan? And it's on USC staff to make it seem and make it be obvious that being a Trojan is something that these guys should want to do. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't just magic. It doesn't just happen. Um, that that's not the way it works, but like all this angst about NIL, it, I, I just have to laugh about it. Like I have to laugh about number one, like the Utah fans in my mentions talking about like USC with a dollar sign saying, Oh, you just buy all your players or whatever. Well, then I look at like a, every random message board saying how USC's NIL structure is broken and they're losing guys to NIL and all this kind of stuff. Like, no, it, it's so much more complex than that. So much more complicated than that. And when it comes down to it, the NIL opportunities are going to be there for USC. Lincoln Riley and his staff have to do their best to maximize those, but they also have to do their best to convince dudes that like you want to come to USC to win a championship because that's why everyone is there to be playing. Like, that's the, the whole point of the endeavor. So I don't know. That's, uh, that's sort of, sort of where I'm at with it and I and I appreciate what Lincoln Riley has said on the matter because I would be mortified if he was taking the uh some of the tact of some of the other coaches out there who just like spend every hour of every day complaining about NIL complaining about transfer portal complaining about all the things Lincoln Riley flat up straight up admitted like yeah we lost dudes to NIL like there's no question about that but like everyone is losing at dudes to NIL so it's not yeah. like it's it's an even playing field when it comes down to it so Not really, but I, I I look at this one of two ways. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with all these things that that's important and all that. At the same time, it's really easy to say how good uh, things are, like chemistry and fits and uh, character and all of those things are when you lose a guy. Uh, I I think you know I. I, I don't think this was the the skies falling early signing day that you know people have said or, or whatnot. So like I I agree, um, but at the same time like some of these statements are just a little easy to say now. Uh, if SC gets you know uh, Mateo, people are uh, yeah people raving about all the opposite things, right? Yeah, like so much of the stuff is confirmation bias of of what happened right and everyone else is complaining that usc is using nil to right and and, and so part of that i i i take with a little bit of grain of salt um you know uh malcolm in the chat says that the the one thing that's proven is that national championship teams are the ones who have you know the high um blue chip ratios and yeah that's exactly right and i i think chemistry and all that stuff matters but at the, the end of the day it's also easy to talk about that stuff a when you win 11 and 2 um and you know you you feel good about things but also when 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 you lose a guy but so um it's it's more about what you do than what you say um and i think that you know lincoln riley is certainly saying the right things but you want to be able to see you know sc turn around and be able to keep the five-star guy that uh is a you know 22 minute drive away with no traffic right um, at the same time, um, you know, it's it's about building the entire program. It's not just about one guy that you miss, even though the one guy that you miss is at a position of need um, and has known about SC and known the fight song and all that stuff for a long time. So, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, also with, with regard to Mateo, like there's also talk that he grew up being an Oregon fan, which – stands to reason because he grew up when Oregon was good and USC was not good. So like, let's also be realistic about how a tech, a decade of not being a national champion, a national title contender, a decade of not winning the PAC 12 comes back to bite you too. So, well, the, the Reggie Bush as a recruiting tool thing uh, is, is, you know, starting to wane, right? Like uh, Reggie Bush enrolled at SC 20 years ago. Yeah. God. It, that, That's insane. The, the, yeah. feel like it was just yesterday. People were wearing the, the uh, Bush booty. Oh, three recruiting class shirts. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and here we are 2020 going into 2023. Where did the time go? My God. Yep. Uh, anyways, a uh, uh, lot of, a lot of stuff still to go on the, uh, the recruiting front as there's still the traditional um, signing day, of course, in February, even though it uh, is no longer a big deal. But I'll save that rant for uh, last week's episode, or 
Monday's episode. Go back and listen to that. Um, there's tight ends still uh, looming, potentially. Uh, Walker Lyons and Deuce Robinson are still going to decide uh, later on. Walker Lyons, of course, was a Stanford commit. Uh, you know, not having uh, Shaw there as, as the, the head coach plays a role there. We'll see if SC can swoop in and get Walker Lyons in February. Um, and what happens with Deuce Robinson and uh, four-star corner out of Sarah Roderick Pleasant. So uh, we'll see how all that uh, comes to be, right? So Yeah, I mean, there's still there's still guys to add. Um, I mean, this is going to be the, the thing is that the, the December signing period definitely takes the, the majority of your spots. But there will still be fights over other guys as the as the second as the February one comes up, and then also transfers will continue to be a point of discussion for yeah. uh, the rest of of, of this um, period, and then you know after spring after spring ball because then you just sort of the 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 floodgates open once again. So there's a lot of roster building that's going to continue to go on, and USC has a lot of time to to deal with it. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, let's get to the mailbag. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Uh, we got an email from... Tony in Denora, PA. Alicia and Michael, this is Tony from Denora, PA. I love the beginning of his email. It just tells you who he is. It's great. <laughs> uh, you guys are right. The portal has way more excitement than signing day now. I used to love signing day in February. Hey, a couple times took the day off and sat around and watched it all day. Fight on. Yes, this this was the thing. This is the go-to move. Was yeah. to take the whole day off, uh, you know, set up the screens, all of that. You would have, I mean... Uh- the day before or several days before I would go to the store and stock up specifically on like my signing day foods, which was very, it was like the one year, the one day of the year that I would give myself permission to just junk out 
like as though I was like a, a seven-year-old again. Like, you, like, like you're the, on a road trip? The seven-year-old that my mom would not let me be because she wouldn't buy the good junk food that I wanted, but like powdered donuts and gushers and fruit by the foot and what like was, what was your cereal game as a kid we got the bags from the grocery store the you know you the bag the, people? the knockoff bags yeah wow yeah yeah judging wow I know it. Yeah. um i had the the mother who would be like if sugar is in the top three ingredients you cannot get this cereal i'm like well that's all like the good that's ones. all of the good ones yeah so uh <laughs> No. So like I have no idea what uh, you talk about like cocoa puffs never had it in my life don't Oh no, cocoa no puffs idea. are good. No, we we certainly transitioned to not the generic fake bag stuff. Oh, when we would stay with my grandma, my gr- the first thing we do is we would uh we would go to the store and she'd let us each pick out a box of uh of cereal and that would be our cereal for the duration of our stay. Nice. Oh, it's clutch. Like, oh. That's that's the move. That's the move, guys is if you're the grandparent and you've got the kids coming over for uh, the grandkids coming over for you know a week or a few days or whatever a weekend whatever like take them to the store and let them pick out their favorite uh box of cereal assuming that they don't like get the normal i don't know do parents these days buy them the good stuff um, i suppose it depends but so my parents definitely were off-brand folks speaking of off-brand folks you got my, five kids you sort of have to be my, to my parents are big aldi people which okay. I like Aldi. Aldi's legit. I like Aldi. But like, it's funny how everything in Aldi is like the most off-brand. The, the most like off-brand, but like if you squint, it looks like the real thing. Yeah. Uh, so the other day, I was at my parents' house and they had Fruit Loops. No, sorry, um, Frosted Flakes. The entire side of the box is a barcode, like down and on the whole bottom. <laughs> I'm like, is Aldi just like everything is made to like do be quick? and easy and yeah. like uh fun- like everything's designed to be functional that yeah. the whole box is a barcode to make it easier for for cashiers i like it crazy anyways enough about uh cereal let's get to the questions we got on youtube um your five head says concerned that riley will grow frustrated with sc's nil situation they keep losing top recruits because of nil um i think you're making an assumption that Lincoln Riley is that frustrated with the recruits that USC missed on this year. Like if I'm Lincoln Riley, and remember, remember NIL, and this is something that we're going to be talking about now forever because it's hard for people to understand NIL. Everybody's got a budget. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a budget. And that budget isn't just spent on 18-year-old guys coming out of high school. You also can't can't necessarily control the budget too because the whole – NIL thing is it's not actually you paying it, right? That budget is kids coming out of high school. Also, the dudes on your team currently that you would like to keep and not get poached away. And the transfer guys. So, like, if if you're talking about, you know, USC having the budget that they have and not being able to, for an example, that whatever, it's just because it's the, the, the talk of the day. If USC didn't have the budget to ensure that Mateo Uyangalele came to Los Angeles, then like that's probably because that budget went elsewhere. And if you're asking me who do I value more, Mateo Uyangalele or Mason Cobb, I will tell you I I value Mason Cobb twice over. If you're telling me if I value um, you know Caleb Williams and uh, and Mario Williams and whoever Kalen Bullock and and whoever else you want to point to like that you need to make sure are taken care of as well like you you do personally I value those guys over the 50-50 prospect that is every recruit I w- if I was USC it you know what this will be fun and so play uh football which do we know what name they're going to call the video game uh, I think it's uh, college football. Or college football, like something like yeah. that. Whatever. The game that comes out. When it comes out uh, in 2024, I think, they pushed it back to. When that comes out, they're going to have to have like NIL allocations and all that kind of stuff. And if they give me an option of like, but, but again, where are you, you going to... You don't have control over the NIL. So like, why not, would it be part of the game? You do, though. I mean, but not... To a point. Y- y- to a point, to yes. A point. But, 
But okay, where but where are you com- going to where are you going to put your your recruiting? So if you're going to wrap nil stuff into your sort of recruiting no, tokens, I, I, I think the way it gonna, works if is if you're going to do that though. I mean, the, that stuff you, is beside you, that. The, I think the, you, the, the 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 you don't have nil specifically. I yeah, think you just make nil part of your speech. The mechanics of, of the game pitch. are irrelevant to this conversation right now. What I'm okay, talking sure. about is if you're going to put your sort of investment points in players. And you tell me that I can put my investment points in transfer portal, current squad, or recruiting. Like I am maximizing transfer portal and current squad because every dollar you spend on a recruit is a 50-50 gamble that is far stronger than the other gambles that you're making in other areas. So Mm -hmm. especially when the transfer portal can like give you options for an equivalent. Like now you need to get the generational guys. You need to get the Malachi Nelsons. There's no question about that. Mm-hmm. But is, yeah. you know, not every recruit that comes through is a generational guy. So that's the way that you're sort of factoring in and creating these things. I don't think Lincoln Riley has a has very good reason to grow frustrated with it at this point. I think USC, the biggest thing for USC is keeping up with the times. You cannot fall behind. USC allowed itself to fall behind in the past. Yeah. You cannot fall behind now. Well, so you need to keep growing your NIL arm uh, along with the way that everyone else is growing their NIL, their sports staff, all their facilities, all of that kind of stuff. So I, I'm not fully on the up and up of all the things that, you know, Lincoln Riley was, you know, like rumored to be, uh, you know, up in arms about with, you know, Oklahoma stuff. Um, maybe our, our friends in, in the, uh, our sooner friends in the chat can, you know, <laughs> uh, offer up those things but like uh the, i i want to say that you know take this for what it is that there were like rumors that he was upset about like you know the, the control and and like you know oklahoma's you know being handcuffed on things and whatnot i think he would be it'd be more likely that not the nil stuff i think it'd be more likely if that he would be frustrated at sc if they didn't emphasize uh, facilities, yeah. which they've already said that they are they are doing, um, that they didn't emphasize like, you know the the you know sports stuff, yeah, like those kind of things. And we know that Staff SC is as absolutely invested in those kind of things. I think that's where the frustration would be more than anything, because if you're Lincoln Riley, a you're also looking at people who can, you know, be able to to fit your team, and you have the ability to still coach them up and do your part as well it's like it, it's and you know you want to be able to like you you're worried about the things that you have no control at right like those are the things that you'd be frustrated at like the things that you need uh you know your bosses to sign check for yeah sign checks for like a yeah. new uh locker room or whatever so um nerf uh who has an lsu um avatar welcome uh, says outside of the main uh, elite recruits you guys uh, got, did you guys get what you needed? I know Riley will work the transfer portal and February signing day is far off, but for now, how do you feel in terms of need? I'm going to quote uh, USC football for life in the chat. Okay. For years, SC fans have been crying for beef on the O-line. This year we added several. Page is 305 pounds. Ben Willis is 300 pounds. Yeah. I think that sort of pretty much answers it. I, I needed to see USC bulk up the depth on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, those are guys that you don't necessarily want to have to develop to don't want to have to depend on at this moment. Yeah. But we also see USC turn to young offensive linemen in a pinch. So if you have five coming in, if you can turn to one of those, you're going to feel better than if you hadn't gotten those dudes on the offensive line. So uh, in terms of recruiting, yes, it starts and ends with the th- with the big five star guys. I'll throw Braylon Shelby and uh, and Tackett Curtis in there as like the you had to get them. Mm-hmm. You added running back depth, which is good, and then you beefed up on the offensive and defensive line. So, um, is it a perfect class? No, by no by no stretch. USC could have gotten five star offensive linemen and defensive linemen, yeah, and you would have feel a lot better. But in terms of the 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 additions that were made, they serve the roster in exactly the way that USC needed to serve the roster yeah sc's got to replace a lot of guys on the offensive line that is uh that's the key uh Voorhees gone Nilon, uh we assume gone mm-hmm. um you know didich has a, has a, a choice to make so a yeah. uh, lot of a lot of decisions to make on the offensive line and 
a lot of guys to replace. Uh, SC's got to do that. Uh, they they did sign five guys. That's what you need to happen um, to do that um, and then develop them. We'll see how that all uh, comes to be here. So anyways, uh, that's going to wrap up this episode. We'll be back on Monday to preview the Cotton Bowl Classic, USC and Tulane Lock and Horns, uh, the following Monday, January 2nd. Um, but uh, we, for Alicia, I want to make sure that we take a second to wish everybody a happy holidays. Um, uh, happy Hanukkah if you're celebrating. Uh, currently, we're in the, I believe in the middle of Hanukkah. Uh, happy, uh, happy Christmas. Merry Christmas coming up. And anything else that you might be celebrating? Kwanzaa? We, we, yeah, we hope it's it's merry and happy. The and Winter solstice? Yeah, the, the the winter solstice was yesterday. Did it already pass? Oh, yeah, okay. Yesterday, yeah. Well, happy winter solstice Boxing Day. Yeah, then? but but of course the the key celebrate the, the the biggest um, uh, holiday is tomorrow, Festivus, and uh, to all that that partake, um, may your Festivus be joyous and full of miracles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, be sure to subscribe and like uh, here on on YouTube and subscribe wherever you listen to us uh, with your earbuds if you're a podcast subscriber as well. Uh, and uh, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow the show. Uh, send us your emails, randomtroyatfanside.com. Uh, you guys go home and uh, do all your rapping, your last, your last second stuff. Remember, your mom would like socks don't forget your mom would like socks you still got time probably don't want to go to costco it's going to be a madhouse so find somewhere else that has some nice wool socks Uh, i hope my mom's not watching because that's what she's getting some nice wool socks (laughs) so yeah all right any final word final holiday word the final word is merry be merry i never know what that means but sure it's uh sort of cheerful and festive yeah. We'll be merry. And married, I guess. Yeah, that, that too. Yeah. All right, see ya. <laughs> see ya. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.